It's really, really important that people understand that the sun is not our enemy. We should stop burying the sun. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Anna Kabeca. I'm here today on Couch Talk with Dr. Jack Cruz, who has been a dear friend. He's a respected neurosurgeon. He's the CEO of Optimized Life, which is a health and wellness company dedicated to helping patients avoid the healthcare burdens we typically encounter as we age and in our standard of care medical systems. He's a wealth of really cutting edge science and energetic medicine and is my go-to person when I have a concept question I want to get out there I want to understand the truth of why this is happening or why we we're not overcoming a certain physiologic or biologic issue and Jack has the answers so Jack welcome today thank you you didn't say I have the answers I just like digging for them I and that's that's the key that's where I think originally the uh, magnetism with you was is like searching for the truth no matter what we're doing or practicing I'm willing to say hey I was wrong with that and you are too and say okay well this is the truth behind it well you gotta remember we both went to medical school we were taught a lot of things that we we've now found out are precepts of the truth they're not actually fundamental concepts of nature and the thing is that I find at least with most physicians if they've not been too polluted by the system is that you remember when you wrote your medical school essay, you were very altruistic and you really wanted to be a doctor to help people. Well, I think when people start to understand the fundamentals of light, water, and magnetism, that's when you actually go back and tap the person that you were before you went to medical school when you were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and you really wanted to know truly how things work. Well, and, you know, at some point in our medical careers, we recognize that we're not healing with our prescription pad and our knife, right? Not at the foundational level. Like, it's one thing to arrest the problem and process versus get to the underlying foundational issues and see the problem completely disappear without having to write a prescription pad or to undergo surgery. And, and specifically, you know, for my passion in women's health and relational medicine, right, there's um, a lot of detriment to what we've created in our standard medical care system. Well, what, what I tell people, uh, and I try to leave it like little nuggets for people to think about, medicine and most of biology, most of randomized controlled trials, all the things that we pay for contain half-truths. And one of the things that I've learned in the last 10 or 12 years of my life is that a half-truth always leads to a full lie. And the key thing is you have to see or dig as the clinician or the patient to see why it's a half-truth and then realize why it doesn't work. Uh, and I tell everybody who comes to my site uh, to read some of the details that I have. The reason the details are there is because the application of my information is not difficult to do. The details behind it are extremely difficult. And I tell people, it's brain surgery without a scalpel. Mm. I, I kid you not when I say that, that I believe that we can alter our DNA, our epigenetic programs just by the way we think. And it's no longer, you know, in the purview of woo or convent, uh, I should say alternative medicine. It's being proven every day. The problem is, when you're in medicine, when you're in the journals that you know you have to read for CMEs and things like that, this, these are not the go-to journals that people read. The books that have been published on 
the things that we're going to talk about today, most MDs, forget about patients now, most MDs don't even know that this data has been collated and assimilated into book form so that you can read it. And if you pull the bibliography in the back, you'll actually be shocked to see that some of these papers are already 100 years old, but yet they haven't made it into clinical medicine and they've been reproduced uh, as well. So from that standpoint, I guess podcasts like this for me are kind of like we get to shine a light on what we already do know, but yet do not use. And that's the key. And today it's kind of going to be like shining the light from a lighthouse onto this whole area and breaking it wide open. And we're going to hit on some practical points because and the science behind it, which Dr. Cruz is just amazing at revealing to us because most of the, I mean, it's not taught in our medical schools, but we want to, you know, what I want to see and what we want to see is that it's practically taken into each of our lives so that we shift the tide of our medical systems, but we shift the tide of our lives and our, and the generational lives that follow us. So today we're going to hit on a few topics and I, um, hitting Jack without any preparation whatsoever, but really talking about the problem with sunglasses. The first thing, the second is no fear, see food. The third is indoor living as a cause of autoimmune disease and many diseases. And the fourth, talk about the paraventricular nucleus, healing the PVN and how stress is a factor in that. And then water as medicine. So where would you like to start, Jack? Wherever you want to start. Let's let's go into light. You know, we, here we're both sitting here um, with eyeglasses on and talking about eye, and both are in the south and wearing eyeglasses versus sunglasses and how that's damaging and detrimental. Big surprise. And well, here's the thing, Anna. It's damaging for you, but it's not damaging for me. And there lies the difference. So just for everybody who's watching this, they see my glasses, they see your glasses. What's the difference between you and me? I have blue tech lenses in there. You don't know that, okay? I'm happy to be sitting in a house that's got blue light around me, but if I move that right over there, you see that light? That's a yeah. UV light, okay? That's a UVA light, and then I'm gonna go up a little further, and you see the ceiling, how it's got aluminum on it? That aluminum takes the UV light and brings it all around me. So I've got my eyes protected. Why did I get into all this before? I answer these questions. It's very simple. Well, let's hit on that blue light blockers like gunners or those. Any of those, any of those need to be employed when you're indoors out of sunlight. Why? Let's start with the basics. Everybody probably listening to this thinks that the eye is a camera. That's what Anna and I learned in medical school. It turns out that that was proven not true about 10 years ago. A guy named George Brainerd found a new receptor in the eye called melanopsin that responds specifically to blue light. And it's blue light when it's the sun starts to set. So I have to teach you a little bit about quantum biology to start off with. When the sun rises in the morning, it has three main colors in it, blue, red, and green, okay? The eye camera, which is what we see with, is optimally designed to respond to the green wavelengths, okay? Now, blue light is what wakes us up in the morning. So what does it do? It fundamentally makes something called reactive oxygen species. Most of your listeners know that that is generally a bad thing, but here is where it's a good thing. When it comes in sun, that light goes in your retina, and that, that blue light goes through a central retinal pathway that goes directly to your pituitary gland, 
that turns your pituitary gland on. So it is the cosmic wand that wakes you up. What's the ultimate effect it has past the pituitary? Because I know most of your ladies are listening to this, want to understand how the hormones work. I want to teach you first how you wake up. After it goes through your pituitary, it goes into your brain. And in your brain, most of you know, there's nerves. There's another cell, however, called glial cells. And if you think about my two fists here, this is a nerve cell and here's a glial cell. Between these two is something called an aquapore foreign gate. And that runs water between the two. When blue light comes in, water goes through that gate and it stretches the distance between neurons and glial cells. That stretch is what wakes you up in the morning. Mm. Now, here's the cool part of the sun. The sun has the antidote for the blue light toxicity or the stimulus uh, to protect us. And what is that part? It's red light. And the interesting thing is our sun atomically is built to have the same amount of blue and red. So anytime the sun is out, the antidote is always present. Therefore, blue light from the sun generally doesn't hurt us with one exception. At nighttime, when the sun's not due to be present, which is the reason why I'm wearing these glasses, because Anna has asked me to come on to this blue light Zoom meeting. Um, I'm on a computer. I've got some lights on in the house, which I normally don't do but I'm offsetting my wrist because I have some UV light. Outside right now on Bourbon Street, it is 75 degrees and sunny. So as soon as we finish here, I will go back out there. The point that has to be made here is when you're indoors, as we are here, LED lights and fluorescent lights are the two predominant fake lights in the world. What most people don't know because they don't have spectroscopes, if you took a spectroscope and looked at the sun, and then put it at an LED light. There's two frequencies that are missing. That's the UV and red. That's purple mm. and red. So that's part of the reason why you always see purple and red around me. And just for those of you looking, that's purple and red light. So I bring those back into my indoor environments. I generally turn all blue lights off. Uh, I, if I can tell anybody anything, that you need to have full spectrum sunlight uh, present as much as you can. So if you can build your house with windows open or constantly try to get outside, the key part of the morning stimulus is actually when the sun rises till about nine or 10 o'clock, depending on where you are on the planet. Uh, the reason for that, and this will be the shocking news probably for some, maybe even Anna, is what turns the hormone release off from six to about nine or 10? UVA light on the skin. And guess what happens? UV light, when it hits the skin, takes your surface blood vessels that are about probably four or five millimeters below your skin, and it releases a chemical called nitric oxide and raises those to the surface. The reason why this is important, where all hormones released from the pituitary gland go, they go in the blood so they can get all throughout the body. Well, we have these two proteins that almost everybody knows about that are in red blood cells. It's called hemoglobin and the other one's called porphyrins. Most people may not know about the porphyrins, but this is all you need to know. Hemoglobin absorbs light in four key spectral patterns, three in the red and one in the UV. The one you need to pay attention to in the UV is 270 nanometer light. Okay, that's deep purple. The three in the red have to deal with water. What are red blood cells suspended in? Some of you may not know this, but 93% of blood plasma is water. And it turns out 
that water is what we call the ideal chromophore for red light. So what does that mean in English? It means that water is the ideal battery for sunlight. And what does battery entail when I say it? I'm going to be very specific here. It means a charge separates water between a positive and a negative force. That's what a battery does even in your car. And for those of you who are biology aficionados, you'll like this, is that the first step in photosynthesis in a leaf also is the charge separation of water. And the goal there is to liberate electrons. And the reason for that, um, there's a very nice researcher named Gerald Pollack from the University of Washington who's done some pretty exquisite um, experiments that have shown any time electrons are liberated in water, it makes something called an exclusion zone in water. And what's that? That's a battery. And it takes water into its positive and negative charges. It turns out that everything in biology is based on this negative charge. So when you hear this story, what should your goal be in the morning, almost every morning? When the sun rises, you need to be like the Sphinx. You need to be outside with your glasses off, not inside behind glass, behind a window. Why? Because glass alone blocks UVA light. And the only UV light, even if you're on an equatorial area, that comes early, early, early in the morning is UVA light. You don't get any UVB no matter where you are. Generally, like where Anna is in, in around the Atlanta, Georgia area, you're not going to get any of that UV light this time of the year until about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Down where I am, I'm a little bit more fortunate, 8.30 to 9 o'clock. So I'm getting the benefit there. When you realize that, makes you understand that why getting up when the sun rises and get into your eyes is huge. Most people in the alternative world, and I, I think even most people in the allopathic world, understand a little bit about vitamin D. That's the solar panel. But where Anna lives right now, she's technically in vitamin D winter until about April 15th. I never go in vitamin D winter. That's part of the reason why I relocated from Nashville down to the Gulf South because this is one of the few subtropical places in the United States that actually have UVB light all the time. And why is this important? If you guys get a, an app on the cell phone, it's called dminder.org. Uh, um, a guy named Dr. Holick, who is a researcher in Boston University, basically took all the data from the United States, all the latitude and longitude points, and put them into a database. You can actually download this for free and find out where you live, uh, what time UV light begins, and how much you actually physically make. Believe it or not, it even has an application that tells you exactly how many IUs of vitamin D3 you make per minute in the area you are. So if you're a biohacker like I am, you can actually tell what you're making at that time. The key point, however, with sunlight that I want to get back to with the glasses is when you wear uh, sunglasses on your face, or I should say on your eye, what you're physically doing is you're altering the spectrum that the retina sees. So let me give you an analogy for all of you to understand so it's very easy to get. If your husband, boyfriend, or girlfriend took uh, you to Home Depot and bought a tree and you put it in the ground and then you put the nutrients in it and you put all the minerals that it needs, but then you put a tarp over the top of it, would it grow? So why do you think putting sunglasses on your eye that allows the light to go into your brain through your pupil is not going to reduce the quantum yield of sunlight there. Point two, take a look at both me and Anna right now. 
neither one of us came out of our mama with clothes on. That is our solar panel. And see, humans have the social and cultural belief that we should be covered up. Well, guess what? Biology doesn't care about our social and cultural beliefs. So what we've effectively done is create another mismatch where we put a, a, a thing over us. So even if you lived, say, in an equatorial zone, but you had American culture, you would be covered up. So effectively, you still wouldn't be making vitamin D. And it gets even worse when you consider that ophthalmologists tell everybody to wear sunglasses, the dermatologists tell everybody to wear sunblock. And I always bring this point out to them that if you look back from 1900 to 1950, that the rates of melanoma and skin cancer are extremely low. And that's before we ever had sunblock. Yes. Here's the key point. There was a gentleman that wrote a book that all of you should probably read. His name is John Ott. And the name of the book was Health and Light. He showed um, through some very slick experiments that cancer tends to show up when we have an altered light uh, environment. Now, this should be a big wake-up call to everybody because you can see the lights behind me and the lights above me. They're no bueno at all. Uh, and this is one of the things that is counterintuitive to a lot of the information I teach people because we are quantized beings, meaning that we run on light frequencies. And the problem is Anne and I never were taught this. I mean, she'll tell you the basis of medical school Physics is not what we call one of the prerequisites. And it turns out, at least through my reading for the last 12 years, that physics is probably the only true primordial science to biology. And the reason that we've got most things wrong, the reasons why we sell people have truths, is because we are fundamentally unaware that within in this eye, there's an eye uh, clock. And that eye clock works on that new photoreceptor that I told you about that we found 10 years ago called melanopsin. That is a blue light receptor. And the blue light is designed to be turned off when the sun sets. Here's our problem. We wear clothes outside, so we, get, we never get IR, which is red, and we never get purple during the day, and we bring blue light into our lives constantly. Here's the really take-home point. Most of you don't know that LED and fluorescent lights have a thing called color temperature. Color temperature tells us about the frequencies of light. Blue light in fake lights has four times the amount of blue the sun does, has no red, no purple. Guess what? That means that you have a constant turn-on switch to your pituitary gland, which eventually, what does that lead to? It leads to a low hormone panel across the board, but eventually, what else does it lead to? which is something that Anna wanted to talk about. It turns off your paraventriculin nucleus because it gets fatigued. So what the alternative health doctors and the anti-aging doctors talk about when they mention adrenal fatigue, Jack Cruz tends to get pretty upset about because there is no adrenal fatigue. I agree. Thank you. I, well, adrenal dysfunction. It's an adrenal dysfunction. It's like a backpedaling. Well, it's not like our little glands have fatigued. No, it's, it's so a, resourceful. They're, tur they're turned off because of the signaling that are coming through our eye that go to this paraventricular nucleus in our brainstem. And this is the reason why I'm a stickler about this, because if we keep teaching people the bad terms, they're really not going to understand that wearing sunglasses or contacts potentially can be a big issue. 
So the reason I'm a fan of glasses versus contacts is you can't easily take your contacts out when you're at the beach or when you're walking on a nice street. I mean, if you happen to be walking with me here in the French Quarter, you will actually see me go from the shade to the opposite side of the street. Now, you don't have to do that. And the reason why people may not know this either, the human eye is blind to UV and IR light. We do not see it. But for example, most of you know that insects are always drawn to light. Why? They're always drawn to IR and UV light. Cats and dogs also see it, okay? So when you put these lights on and your animals react, uh, you'll understand why. But you physically can't see it. And the reason you're not designed to see it is because your camera vision works on different frequencies than your clock vision. And it turns out that your clock vision is actually what controls your circadian biology. It controls every single hormone in your body, but here's the bigger issue. It controls all the regeneration pathways that occur in you during sleep. How it works is extremely complex biophysics, but it's important for you to know the basics, and the basics are this. This is the take-home. Get as much sun as you can in the morning time. It's the key part. When the sun is designed to set, try to keep all the artificial light in your house down. If you have to use light at night, begin to use either the gunners, the blue blockers, whatever, whatever you want to do to protect your eye clock. Uh, I'd also tell you, in the house, you probably should cover as much as your skin. Uh, I will tell you right now, I have shorts on, so I'm, I'm not following my own rules. Um, but the other thing is use uh, red light. You can actually use amber bulbs around your house. Uh, we have them here, but to be honest with you, um, I don't put them on um, during the day because I'm very rarely in the house. I'm always outside. The, the real unfortunate thing for most people in the United States is they don't live in a city like I do that's a walking city. Um, you know, there's very few of them left, but it's really, really important that people understand that the sun is not our enemy. We should stop burying the sun, uh, and that's why I always tell people that if you look at ancient cultures, uh, if you happen uh, to be an aficionado of that, you'll notice that they were always sun-based, the Incas, the Aztecs, and the Egyptians especially. But I always tell people, look at the Sphinx. Why? It's been in the desert for 9,000 years. It looks directly to the east where the sun sets, I should say sunrises, and the body of the Sphinx is an animal, and the animal is completely connected to the earth. Mm. So if any of your people who are listening to this that know a little bit about electricity, you're designed to be recharged. Your battery is right here in your brain. The accessory battery is water. The light has to go through your skin and your eye to raise the charge in you, but your feet have to be connected to the earth. See, the earth is the anode. The sun and the sun's rays are the cathode. That's exactly how everybody's house is built. It has to be grounded. Otherwise, the electronics won't work. Um, and the funny thing is, we seem to get that about electronics and things that we build, but we don't realize it's a fundamental issue in biology. Well, we forget we're energetic beings, right? We are, you know, complete energetic sources. We're not meant to stand still. We're not meant, whether we're at a standing desk or a sitting desk, we're not meant to have this closed off 
from this closed off existence from the environment. This episode of the show is sponsored by Mighty Maca Plus. Mighty Maca Plus is the superfood green drink with over 30 amazing ingredients, including adaptogens and kosher organic maca from Peru that really work together to help support your body, balance your hormones, decrease inflammation, and give you that energy. Stop that three o'clock lull as well as help you get a better night's sleep. So if you're feeling sluggish, struggling with PMS, brain fog, hot flashes, low libido, or other issues, you know, it is time to try Mighty Maca Plus. It is just what the doctor ordered. To try Mighty Maca Plus risk-free, go to dranna.com and use show 10 to get 10% off your first order. So I want to hit some practical points here because listeners to our radio, uh, our podcast, et cetera, also busy moms or dads with kids. And I put gunners on my daughter. So blue light blockers for my daughter in her school system because she went from Montessori school to the public school. And, uh, you know, and that's in and of itself great as long as she remembers her glasses. So I can control a little bit of the environment. I bought red lights and UV lights. Uh, for my listeners, people have known that my father was um, really, really sick and hospitalized. So I was texting Dr. Cruz saying, okay, he's in the hospital, renal failure. What do I do? He's like, get, you know, reptile lights on him, UV lights and red lights and get those on him right away. And of course, the hospital room made me take them down but, you know, was able to implement that when I got home. But, and so let's talk about like, what do we, what do we buy? And that we would, don't, then I, my daughter put something over her red light and we had a fire in the house. But so <laughs> practical aspects, Jack, I mean, that's really crucial. We want that. And in the house, we want to create that. that I, think, um, I think the most practical thing, honestly, is in your house, start where you are right now. Do the easy things, what I call the easy things first. The first thing is eye protection at night, okay? If you know, you need to understand this. A lot of people in the United States don't. In 2009, our president got rid of one TV signal, and now we have LED TV. LEDs are one of the worst offenders for blue light. So if you want to get macular degeneration, cataracts, or any kind of eye disease really fast that eventually goes into neurodegeneration, just watch TV at night anytime. Now, for most Americans listen to this, they go, what? Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, you need to wear glasses like this. For example, when I operate, these are my glasses. Then you'll notice, same purple frames, but these are blue techs with BPI tints. These block all frequencies in purple and blue. These are actually better to wear at night, this is what I wear. Um, that you don't have to get the specialty ones. You can go buy UVEX glasses, gunners, that are a couple dollars each. The key factor is in the morning, you need to be outside, okay? So even if you're at work, people are going to say, well, I'm at work, I'm here, I'm there. Well, take a five-minute break and go outside and get coffee. What's one of the tricks I use? When I go into my office, I immediately go get coffee. Half the time I don't get coffee, I'm actually just going outside. I tell people that's what I'm doing, but I don't do it. In between cases, days that I'm in surgery, I make sure that my, my surgery schedule doesn't start until 8 o'clock. That's one of the big changes that I made in my schedule. And you know, Anna, as a surgeon, that we like to start 7 in the morning and get going. Well, guess what? 6 to 8 is my time to be out getting sun on me. Do I expose my 
body as much as I can? The answer is yes. But here's the key point. In between cases, I have a place by the hospital where the helicopter lands. I go out there in between cases and don't sit in the surgeon's lounge. Even 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes helps you. You don't perceive that it's a help, but it helps you. So you need to understand that. If you have an office, open the window. If you have the availability to get closer to the window or closer to a door that will let you go outside, do it. In other words, here's, here's one of my big take-homes. You, you can never get well in the same environment that you got sick in. And if you do not change your light environment, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you buy. I don't care what you believe. You will not get better you, because that is a half truth. The sun is something that actually regenerates us. Anytime you can get it during uh, the times it's out is fine. And that includes cloudy days because even on cloudy days, you're getting the proper stimulus that you're designed to work with. So protect the eyes, protect the body when you're inside. But when you're outside, here's where I get a little bit, I want you naked. As much as you can be naked, if my wife is here, she'll tell you, we do a lot of naked sunbathing. My kids the same way. This has become a big deal. The eyes are uncovered. So when I'm walking around the French Quarter, you'll notice, you'll see the glasses here or on top of my head, or I'll do this and I'll put them on my nose. So when I need to see, I go like this. So there's many different ways for you to do it. That's the practicality of light. Thank you for watching this video. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel here and get those notifications and comment below. Let me know your thoughts, what you loved and what your action step is. <music>